0: Are you guys being stupid?
1: Hey, this is Chris. In this episode, we go over listener emails and talk about Gmail compliance. We debate one-to-one devices, and Corey has computer problems. Have a listen.
2: All things technical in K-12. This is K-12
1: Tech Talk Podcast with Josh, Chris, and Corey.
2: Hi, and welcome to this episode of K-12 Tech Talk, episode 18. Uh, This is a special episode. This is our, I guess you could call it a listener-supported episode. Um, We have two listener emails that I think will take up the majority of the show. Um, But first, before we get into that, Chris, do you want to talk about something cool?
1: Well, I was texting Jeremy at something cool today because we've been uh, kicking around an idea, and I think we're going to follow through with it uh something cool is a proud sponsor of K12 Tech Talk uh pretty much they've been with us since near the beginning uh so if you have any uh needs they do consulting they do all kinds of stuff reach out to sales at somethingcool.com or check out their website which happens to be somethingcool.com uh but what we were kicking around today uh we are going to work on some shirts and hoodies uh for the K12 Tech Talk podcast Uh, And something cool is going to hook us up with some funding for that as well. So so pay attention to that. Uh, We think it'd be cool. We're going to try to come up with some good quotes or a quote to put on the shirt. Something Corey said, probably. Yeah. And I've requested
2: the shirts be really nice, soft shirts, not the crap Gildan (laughs) shirts that most places do. Um,
0: I, I agree. I agree with that
2: also since i mentioned it this episode is uh, purely going to be listener supported um shoot us an email k12techtalk at gmail.com let us know what we're doing right uh let us know what Corey's doing wrong we will address it um show ideas subject ideas we love to hear feedback i looked at the map today in podbean and we have the majority we have someone listening in the majority of the states across the country. I, and and quite a few in Russia, it would which was kind of weird. So we're probably all three oh gonna go Yeah, we're gonna get hacked soon.
1: Um so hey, Corey, hey if you're listening, Russia, hit up Corey first.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. He doesn't have DDoS protection turned on. Because
1: there will be a delay because something's gonna happen to his network, he's not gonna know what to do. So you can do whatever you're wanting, because he has to get his phone book out to call the consultant that he uses.
2: Oh man. Interesting.
1: Which is something cool.com, by the way.
2: And and share, share this podcast with your friends, your tech friends, your consortiums, your mail lists. Um, let them know how awesome we are, uh, because, uh, we love, we love seeing the, the listens go up. We're up, we're getting close to a hundred downloads a week for episode. So, uh, that's pretty exciting. So you want to jump into the first email, Chris from Dan,
1: Dan, I don't uh, give his last name and dox him like you did the last, let's give him a, what's a good nickname for Dan. (laughs) Well, I mean, the you can call him Dan. His Dan, name. Dan the man. There you go. That's bad. Okay, uh, he he listened to the last episode talking about. We talked about uh, Gmail and attachment uh, compliance settings, that kind of stuff. And he asked if we would dig in a little bit deeper uh, to talk through the step by step steps to get to where we were talking about, and maybe explain things a little bit further beyond what we did. So, so basically,
0: he wants us to do his job. I mean, that's that's cool.
1: That's yeah, it's cool. fine, Dan. fine (laughs) and it's a don't listen
2: to Corey. it's fine chris enjoys training people so chris uh you've got gmail pulled up you want to walk through the exact
1: yep so i have logged into google admin console Uh, i've clicked on apps and then google workspace Uh, then i'm looking for gmail Uh, i'm clicking on that and then I think I best got to it by clicking... Screens. Advanced settings? Advanced
0: settings. Yeah. My
1: screen is flickering. Here we go. Advanced settings. Thanks, Corey. And goodness. then I still got some and I'm there. We're loading. You, you know, admin start. console
2: has been better than it was. Remember how bad it used to be about being slow to load? It's been better, I think.
1: I and think. then attachment compliance is where we're going to hang out, right? So you
2: went to advanced settings yes.
1: and then attachment compliance. Yep. Okay, and then I have some stuff listed, so I click on Edit. But if you want to add, you click Add Another, or you click Add if there's nothing there already. Are you guys doing this as well, or are I think you Corey is out on an icon. Hear- I'm there.
2: I'm there. We can hear Corey
1: typing.
0: And you can, and like we talked about last time, you can have you can have multiple uh, uh, attachment compliance rules uh, simultaneously doing different things. Uh, like I have one that for non-encrypted attachments. Uh, every, every email gets a subject saying, I forget what my, what my prepend is something about warning this. There's a warning, uh, caution attachments is what it says. And then you can also have another one that just affects encrypted attachments. So you can have multiple compliance rules affecting the same thing. And then of course you can have multiple different uh, attachment compliance rules for the different OUs as well. If you
2: want. Yeah. I was going to say that. And, and not only with attachment compliance, but, but, um, What's, what's the other word in there? Just content compliance, I think is yep. one of the other categories. So that's where we restrict. Um, none of our students have the ability to send or receive email outside of our domain. So in that content compliance setting is where we've, we've turned off that external email access for our students um, on the student OU and the sub-OUs and, uh, for students. Um, we also have some keywords that get monitored in the content compliance section, I think. Corey, don't you have a keyword uh, yeah, setting uh, too? Yeah,
0: that's, uh, that's the objection objectionable Objectional
2: content. Yep. Uh,
0: then we have a, 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 I called it a student blocked word list. And actually what I do is um, I'm looking at my rule right now just to make sure I say the right thing. Yeah. So my rule is we allow it to go through and then also um, our, uh, the Google domain uh, email address gets the email as well. Cause sometimes there's false positives. Yeah. So I didn't want to block the emails. So we allow them to go through. And then if Google flags a bad word, it also adds our, adds a uh, admin email address and that admin gets that admin email address gets the, gets that email as well. And then they can review it and and be like, oh, that was fine. Or no, that did really did have some inappropriate language. And then we notify a building administrator. That seems like the best, the best way for for my district.
2: Do you find that that process for those objectionable words works better than a mail sniffing utility like Bark or something?
0: Uh, So we use Bark as well. Uh, And I find, I find surprisingly that Google does better with um, straight up, like if it's a four letter, bad word, Google does better at getting it than Bark does. Bark obviously does better with like self-harm things and more, I guess, AI stuff. You would, I guess you would call it where Google, I think is more looking, it's looking for like those hard four letter words that you have in your library and it, and it flags them. So yeah. we they both catch different things in, in, at my district anyways, per, you know, that's how we have it set up.
2: And I, we used Bark for a little bit cause it's free, right? They, that product is still free for schools. I think. Yes. Um, I ended up turning it back off and moving back to Securely's products because I, I thought Bark had a lot of false positives
0: it it for sure does there's
2: no doubt about it
1: and, and we for, use, we use um so we we do the objectionable content stuff and then it sends if if those emails are flagged uh it sends it to a particular email address and then we pay for i still call it sharp school but it got bought out i think school messenger or somebody owns it now uh and so so we pay for a human monitoring service so then they're going through all those emails uh, and figuring out if if it's legit or not based upon you know what what it is, and then they make contact with the building uh, administration, and that's been good for us. We use another one called SysCloud, uh, and that's scanning stuff as well, but not not with human monitoring. I mean, I I check SysCloud like once a month. Yeah, and it, 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 it's very similar to Bark, uh, but there's a cost to it.
2: Did did Bark have a paid product that had a human monitoring? It do you know, Corey? Something tells uh, me I don't thing.
0: remember. They have added several components um and it's been more of like the uh the family side um we actually have teachers and i didn't even know this um that have paid for bark like to monitor their own kids mm. and I, I like randomly found that out mm. um but yeah as far as a, a paid model i honestly don't
2: did you turn your camera off because your face is not moving and it's really weird to hear you talk and not see you it's like you're oh, asleep man
0: i think my zoom's not responding we can it's hear you. Still working. We can I
2: know, we, but so let's says, not touch
1: it. it so um, Zoom
2: not responding. So securely has a, a paid human monitor like that as well, if you want to pay for the for that. I, I thought it was kind of expensive. Um, okay, so anything else to add in that attachment compliance or that compliance section?
1: I was gonna say, like so a, a good quick example, attachment compliance, like adding one, the one that we were talking about, where just attachments in general, uh, you get a message. So I'm clicking on that. Uh, I picked email messages to effect. I picked inbound. Uh, and then scroll down, it says customs, pre pinned custom subject. Uh, and that's where I have it say Gmail alert document attached, confirm sender before opening. So every email that has an attachment, that's what our users see. And then we talked about the one with encrypted, uh, very similar email attaches or email messages to effect. Uh, and then we defined, you, you can define like the attachment file types. That's where you picked in there. And the only other spot that I have stuff under that we didn't mention is that, and well, Josh, you kind of did, is under restrict delivery. That's where we pick like, you know, to our domain only uh, or to particular users, do we allow email, that kind of stuff.
2: Yep. Yeah, we've had decent luck with the the encrypted attachment thing. We actually, this week, we have not had one yet. So um, that's an interesting change. So we alluded to, there were two, um, listener emails asking us for input and topics of discussion. The second email comes from a listener Kevin. Chris, do you want to go over his email real quick?
1: Yeah, so he said once a year they kind of debate this out uh, amongst, I guess, the surrounding school districts that he's around, even within his school, uh, and that's uh, the, the great debate of iPad versus Chromebook versus Windows laptop Versus bring your own device. What do you do for kids for one-to-one? Uh, what are the pros and cons of each? Which do we pick? That kind of thing. If we could do it all over again, would we still pick the same thing?
2: This could be a dissertation. Th- this subject could be a 55-page PhD or ITD, di- whatever the doctorate in information technology uh, dissertation. Because this this is a topic that you will have nerds come to fist fights over because there's just certain thought processes that go into selecting a piece of hardware um and if you don't subscribe to that thought process you're you're a moron and you're likely to hear cory or chris or i call each other names during this conversation um but really i think we close my zoom no you're fine we can I still really hear you
1: to. you're frozen but fine it, we, so it, it just looks like moving. you're sleeping. Russia, you're so serious.
2: Yeah, it looks like you're sleeping. It's cute. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um. Oh, so, Josh just called you cute. I know. It's
0: weird.
2: <laughs> so, um. <laughs> so, talk through that process, Chris. How did you guys land? Well, you actually use
1: iPads and Chromebooks, right? No, we have abandoned iPads. Oh, you did? Okay. Yeah. We. So, when I first came to my district, uh, there was a, a, there, there were iPads around. Uh, but we were already moving to uh, Chromebook. So that decision had already been made for me. Actually, when I, so I was previously at uh, where Corey works today. uh, And that was in the middle of, man, what are we going to pick? Because once you pick something, you kind of go down that road and you don't, I mean, you don't hear of districts making a big move to switch. uh, And I didn't know what to do. Uh, There was that crappy Chromebook that I felt like I could break if I barely touched it. There was the windows device that I thought, You know i mean laptops aren't cheap Uh, and then there was the mighty ipad that has the great app store but it's super expensive so that was just a great debate so i i kind of lucked out that i went to a district that had already picked chromebooks
2: yeah corey if you want to drop i'll let you back in um i'll talk for a drop uh i i kind of was in a similar boat by the time i was hired by the district um they had already selected or had already gone to bid for Chromebooks and they were deciding on what vendor to, to purchase those from the month that I got hired. So they were already going down that path, but I've heard districts have, have the discussion argument. Um, because l- let's face it, you get input from not only tech department, you get input from teachers and possibly even, uh, students and staff, and administrators and ed tech teams on what devices will work. And, uh, Apple, Early on, six seven years ago, Apple had done a fantastic job in marketing the iPad to a residential use or a home use product. But I feel that it never really fit. It never never really fit into the educational scheme because of all the requirements and the cost. Um, and we can get into that in a minute. And then. So to me right away Chromebooks were were inherently better because they were cheaper. I mean back then you could pick up a Chromebook for what 120 bucks, 150 bucks. The management license was probably 25 bucks back then. Um, so again, cost is a big driver there because everybody knows that school districts don't have a lot of money. The thing that I didn't like about Windows devices was and this is a lot, something that a lot of people forget about is technically you need a CAL license, right? to go with that every Windows device that you, every client Windows device you have to connect to Windows servers for AD authentication, sharing, print, share. So there's an additional cost of not just the device, which, and again, Chris, you alluded to it, Windows laptops are more expensive. You know, minimum for one that's gonna last more than six months, 500, 600 bucks. Um, you've got that licensing cost and that gets really expensive because Microsoft is very proud of that. And it has gotten even more expensive over the last five or six years. Um, as far as the the one-to-one discussion, you know, the the school providing an, the equipment or BYOD, I know I understand the need for BYOD in smaller schools that may not have a budget to buy devices for every student and provide them. Um, but if... Why is Corey joining? Um, there... The idea or the the rationalization of, you know, let kids bring it because it's easier, bring their own device because it's easier. I think that's uh, that's got nightmare written all over it. Wouldn't you agree?
1: There's no there's just no way it's easier, like compared to a managed device. No. And I I think
2: from an from an admin, from a school admin perspective, not an IT admin perspective, but principal or ed tech person. It, it's quote unquote easier or thought to be easier because, hey, it's it's on the family to buy it. It's their device. They buy it. They bring it in. Said and done. All you got to do is turn Wi-Fi on. Wi-Fi just works, right? But when you start looking at the, the IT side of things and supporting, you know, if, if you have a, like our high school is about a thousand kids. If you're BYOD and you have a thousand kids bringing a thousand different footprints of devices into the school how on god's green earth do you support that
1: right so so we we have we have chromebooks uh because of the lower costs uh because they're less prone to viruses Uh, you know they 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 encourage collaboration we think they increase productivity with kids all, all all that good stuff uh the quick negatives of course it's not windows that's been around for forever it's not good for the heavy stuff but saying that uh to talk about the bring device part, we will let a kid, you know, if they want to bring their own MacBook or whatever, uh, we do have a bringer on device network that they can join. But uh, we've experienced, so we'll have a kid that has a MacBook and it's great and grand, uh, but then some kind of update something happens within well, they're bringing it to the tech department to get it worked on. We'll, I mean, we're super hesitant to even touch the thing. It, it yeah. doesn't belong It doesn't belong to us. no way. And there's not a whole lot we can do. Like, I don't know what they have set up on this thing. This thing doesn't belong to me. So, you know, that crash and burns really quick. And we just say, well, hey, do you have your Chromebook with you still? Because they're supposed to keep that thing around, even if it's just in their locker or their car. Uh, So we'll barely mess with their personal device and then say, yeah, go get your Chromebook.
2: Yeah, because as soon as you touch that device to troubleshoot it, fix it, that's your device now. You know, the kid takes it home and it's doing something weird. Now the parent's upset. Well, the IT department in school screwed this up. You guys need to fix it or buy me a new one. I I could, and and maybe that doesn't happen as often as I think it would, but man, that sure, that would worry me all like crazy. Um, Mic check. Yeah, we can hear you, man. Mic check. You're back.
0: (laughs) So I got an alert, like my Zoom froze and we were still working. Then I get it. Everything stopped working. I couldn't get back into Zoom. It wouldn't load. And then I get a notification, restart required. The PC needs to be restarted to finish sending up Intel sh- chipset SATA premium controller. So I don't know if my computer's on the fritz, Russia. I don't.
1: It, it could be that listener from Russia. Did you text Jeremy at something cool? <laughs> so I'm I'm zooming,
0: I'm zooming through the browser now because my Zoom client still will not load.
2: Oh. okay. Well, thanks for derailing the episode. Would you like to talk about the subject we were talking? About?
1: I mean, I
0: missed the bulk of it.
1: Um, well, okay. Tell us what you think about iPads for your school.
0: So we have, um, probably 15 iPads floating around almost all in the uh, special education department. Um, and they are, I, you know, I'm putting up quotes. The audience can't see me managed by the tech department. Like we do approve every iPad purchase. Uh, And then we do, you know, lock them down to our best ability. Um, And then we have some, I think a few coaches have them and they use them with huddle. Um, And that, that would be the extent of our, of our iPad, our iPad uh, usage at my district. Um, Of course, we are almost uh, all Chromebooks for student devices. Our high school still has some uh, windows labs. Uh, We are moving to -to one-to-one this summer. So those labs should become less and less. Uh, I am pro Chromebook. I don't, I didn't hear honestly what you guys said in your arguments. Um, I am pro Chromebook, uh, mainly because of the management, the devices are what they are, usually a fairly cheap device that you hope to get three to five years out of, depending on usage. Uh, But I mean, the management is, and, and the device security. I mean, Google, as of right now, knock on wood, Google seems to have a pretty good handle on device security similar to like an apple ios uh so you know that stuff is obviously a plus not having to worry about windows antivirus updates uh a a windows device hasn't been on for a month and they go to test on it and then it downloads updates in the back in the background is uh, is just chugging along so yeah that kind of stuff
2: so let me play devil's advocate here i i have been forever against iPads in education because of a number of reasons. And one of the biggest reasons you you even alluded to that management of an iPad, it can be a pain in the butt unless you buy an MD, a real MDM. Um, We came across Mozile. I'm sure people have heard about Mozile. It's not new, Um, but they give away Mozile, a certain part of Mozile for free. As long as you have one footprint of device, you know, if it's just iPads, um, it's free i will tell you that free version of mozile has made managing ipads unbelievably simple that it it has completely removed that barrier of using that device type in our district i've i've uh i'm i'm pretty shocked honestly we set up 30 ipads once we had our if you will golden image of an ipad set up what apps where to where the icons went what order Blah 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 what screens we pushed those settings to the other 29 iPads, and about 20 minutes later, every app was on every iPad, the same configuration, everything was done. Um, so if, so
1: what, what what, what, do you think iPad... So, okay, tech management out. What, What's iPad got that Chromebook doesn't? Just, I think at app, apps at the lower app, level... I would
0: say app compatibility
2: would be the biggest. Well, yeah, to, an, to a degree, I it's think... Not a compatibility, of, I guess library. But a lot of the apps are trash. I mean, you're not going to find... An appreciably larger amount of educational use apps on an iPad than you would a Chromebook that has access to the entire web. I think where the niche for an iPad is, like Corey said, a sped department, K, first grade, because those, K and first graders can't handle a Chromebook. They, it, it, it's very difficult for those little kids to deal with a Chromebook. Um, at least from what we've seen. I I think tablets, tablet, we'll just say tablet, have a home. In that early primary grade level, and even if you want to buy Mozile, it's like four ninety five a year for three years. So for the less than what you're paying for a Google management license of a Chromebook, you can manage an iPad for three years.
1: So would we all we would all pick Chromebook as number one? Yes, you think? I mean, that? I would pick
0: Chromebook because of management yeah. number one. I, I mean, I'm their tellin- devices aren't the best, and then if you want I mean, if you want to get into good Chromebooks, they start to get pretty
2: expensive. Oh yeah, yeah, Pixelbook, thousand bucks, right? Um, I'm I'm telling you, Mozile is removing that management barrier for iPads. It it is just as easy
1: to manage an iPad as it is. Well, you think like iPad in middle school, high school, they no. need a keyboard or they, they... No,
2: I, I I would not leverage for an iPad middle school, high school. Those kids need a keyboard. They need. I a, agree. And, and once you okay, so you're going to buy the iPad for three hundred bucks you're going to add a $80 Bluetooth keyboard. You're going to add a pin. It, it, that cost gets very high, very quick where that Chromebook has everything you need. Still. I, I, again, I'm, I'm holding the line that, that iPads have a home, but it's K one, two, probably K one and two and SPED.
1: Cause we need, we need keyboard for, I mean, we need keyboard for, testing, testing. Right. but then I we, we need keyboard because we're teaching a kid how to use a keyboard when they leave school and get a job right like you don't typical workplaces aren't they're not walking around with iPads doing all their work they're using a keyboard
2: unless they're a waiter or a waitress working at a restaurant and a touchscreen POS. yeah then
1: we've failed them for not picking iPads yeah <laughs> yeah so I, I I think I would go Chromebook uh, I guess I'd pick Windows something next then iPad. And I, I would never never do bring your own device.
2: No, I'd never BYOD unless unless you were in an environment that they had no cash, they couldn't afford devices. You know, it, it would have to be a very specific environment to want to do that. And again, I think each device has a home. Chromebooks to me have the have the have the widest appeal, but I think there is a home for each device type, if you wanted to say it. But like your costs it. are gonna be are gonna vary too Why?
1: I love my iPhone, by the way. Man, all right. Corey, you got Corey, you got any other thoughts to that? Is that the order you would pick?
0: Yeah, I mean, I would lean so heavily on Chromebook. I mean, my district or somebody would have to like pry my Chromebooks out of my cold dead
2: hands. Well, <laughs> you're just now getting Chromebooks, so I mean. No, no, we've had
0: Chromebooks for years now. We're just now getting one to one.
1: Oh, so you've had three.
0: Come
2: around, children. Everybody circle around the Chromebook.
1: What's the uh what's the do you guys call them Chrome tabs? No. Chrome those, those things were trash. Yeah, we when,
2: had uh, we
0: had two or three of those. Yeah. Uh and they're not good.
2: Was <laughs> it Acer or Asus or what? One of the two. Yeah. Acer. I had a battery fry. The Acer one.
0: Chrome tab yeah.
1: 10.2. I just had a uh, uh we had like a charging station of like ten of those. Uh, for elementary and they were not getting used but they were they were left on the uh, they were left in the charging station and I'm assuming it was like months Uh, so anyways the batteries like ended up like expanding oh wow uh, and like bent the screen Uh, and then like there was one that appeared to have smoked a little bit Uh, gnarly so like half of the charging station those chrome tabs are dead now
2: yeah those are wow those were trash devices. I mean, everybody was real hip on them and thought that was going to be the next big thing because hey, it's a touchscreen well, tablet. And they kinda. came out
0: and they came out right when it, Google was really pushing. You could manage Android through the admin console. Then. Yeah, and that's so it's kind of like oh, yeah. this is basically an iPad that you can manage, and it's it is not the same. Thing.
2: No, the Chrome Tab was a Chrome OS device that was in a tablet yeah. format.
0: Yeah. No, but I'm saying like they were like yeah, they were like hey, you can use. You can use this and put Android apps on it.
2: Oh, so it's right. basically yeah. you know it's basically no.
0: a tablet. Yeah, you know it's an iPad. It's a direct iPad competitor, and it was not.
2: Do you guys run many Android apps on Chromebooks?
0: No, I had. Some um, of, so know. we got into it. No. Kidding. Whoa, whoa! I was talking first. <laughs> well, so I can't see, we got I can't into it a little bit with elementary students. Only because they have the are the, their Chromebooks are the uh the flip model where they're like flip over on itself and and we we pushed out I don't know maybe 10 over a couple years I had maybe 10 requests so I killed it and no, nobody ever said a thing after I killed it really same here. yeah nobody
1: exact same here
2: all right well thanks for listening to this episode episode 18 <laughs> um you have no idea that we spent 45 minutes arguing with each other i've cut all that out uh next week episode 19 we don't know what we're talking about so send us an email at k12 tech talk at gmail.com give us something to talk about uh go visit somethingcool.com and share this podcast they got friends. way
1: too many way too many plugs today something right. cool well send they them don't even double billing, yeah.
2: double billing them for this episode for sure all right thanks for listening everybody bye-bye